There's another squad attacking. Welcome to the Third Party Podcast. This is your special edition, Third Party Podcast, a mailbag episode. Uh, High in demand, we had a lot of questions come in, and we're really excited to offer you guys this extra content. I'm your host, Shay, joined today by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? Hello, hello. Happy to be here, as always. Yeah, so today we got a, we got hopefully a quicker episode than the last one. Thanks for everyone that stuck around and listened to that entire thing. Uh, but today we're going over a legend concept that was submitted. We're going to be answering some questions, but before we do that, let's recap the heavy versus light and kind of go over those results. So Henry, take that one away. Yeah, so once again, thank you so much for listening in on that last epic showdown between light and heavy in the last podcast. Um, and then also thank you for contributing your own opinions on our Instagram uh, to kind of weigh in on the different rounds and what guns we think are better between light and heavy. Um, so I thought that, just like Shay said, you guys listened to us for over an hour. Um, I think that we should share the results of what you guys said. So for the first round, we had long-range weapons, and we compared the G7 and the Hemlock. G7 won 60% of the votes here, and Hemlock took away 40. Any thoughts on that? I, I think that one was pretty, uh, I was expecting the G7 That's to win that one. That's kind of what we said yeah. on, the, on the podcast, and I think the G7 is definitely the, the favorited weapon. But 40% of the votes is still significant. So people are still using the Hemlock. Yeah, and there were a lot of people that, you know, had a lot of opinions on the Hemlock, and it was really cool to hear some people talking about the single fire mode and some people talking about the burst fire and seeing where everybody's opinions differentiated on that one. For sure. Next round, Assault Rifles, R301 versus the Flatline. R301 took away 65% of the votes while the Flatline took 36. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, honestly a bit disappointed, um, but I think that it makes sense. You know, the R301 is a huge favorite weapon. Uh, we've probably logged hundreds and hundreds of hours on it across both Titanfall and, and Apex. So definitely a great weapon. We'll be going into a little bit more why we think the reason for this is. Um, not to say that, you know, the flatline isn't a great weapon. But the next round, submachine machine guns, we decided to just compare the R99 with the Prowler. Um, and the R99 took that round as well with 64% of the votes compared to 36 from the Prowler. R99 is a really big part of the meta right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was kind of a dominate around with the light guns and the Prowler is hopefully still up and coming. Yeah, I mean, I think people are still adjusting to the Prowler because it, it the buff is pretty recent to it where the actual damage output was changed. And, you know, there's still a very negative connotation with having to find the select fire and stuff. And so I think, you know, that played partially into it, but it was still a, it was good to see. R99, my favorite light gun, come out and on top for that one. For sure. So those first three rounds, again, the long range, the assault rifle, and the SMGs, light pretty much dominated those rounds. These next two rounds, the pistols and the kind of miscellaneous. First off, the pistols, wingman versus P2020. Wingman smashed it. 83% of the votes compared to 17. Um, maybe it wasn't a fair... Line it up. wasn't even close, but you know, people were hating on my hammer point argument with the P2020. Said that correctly this time. The wingman is just far and away the better weapon, and I think that most people agree with it. The rate of fire on the P2020, 
is good. And that's why I got, you know, a little bit of votes. Uh, definitely respect to the hammer point. It can shred. But if you if you have to choose between them and you don't have the hammer point, uh, pretty easy to say wingman. Yeah, wingman all day. Wingman's just a, such a great gun. And finally, this last round, we kind of mixed it up a little bit as to what we said we were going to do and kind of the structure we took on the podcast. Uh, but we were limited a little bit by Instagram's polling methods. For we sure. put the Spitfire against both the Alternator and the RE45. So kind of a, a Without disruptor bag. rounds, right? No disruptor rounds. People uh, were just voting on Spitfire versus these light uh, machine pistol kind of guns. Um, and the Spitfire won. So 66% of the votes uh, to 34%. I was a bit shocked um, just because we haven't really been using the Spitfire very recently. Um, but I'm glad that people did vote this way because I've been kind of using the alternator a lot early game and I've been liking it a lot. But after this, uh, I have been picking up the Spitfire more and having some really good success with it. I do think like when we're comparing these two, these are all early drop weapons you want to have. You don't want to be carrying these late into the game. And the mag size on the Spitfire does kind of beat out the alternator from that perspective early on when people don't have armor or they have common. So, yeah. For sure. And we went in depth into each of these weapons. So if you haven't caught the last episode, go ahead and check it out. We really broke down the mag size and the recoil for all these weapons. And then finally, we asked you guys, overall, which is better, heavy or light? And the results were light over heavy at 59% versus 41%. Quite interesting. So the light um, weapons won more rounds and they won the overall um, vote as Mm -hmm. to which family is better. But doing the math and tallying up all the votes, we kind of found something that was a bit interesting. Um, So we have 59% voted for light but when we add up all the votes for light weapons, we have 47% out of the total. And for the heavy, started off when we asked you, 41% said that heavy was better. But if we add all the votes for the individual rounds, it's 52%. So kind of a lot of math here, a lot to, to listen to. But this is a bit interesting because there's about 11 or 12% difference in the votes, depending on if you were asked one round at a time versus all throughout yeah and something you were talking about is you just think this kind of leans into the idea that assault rifles and smgs are the meta and that's more valuable for sure and so i definitely think that the vote was extremely accurate i think you guys are all great listeners and i really liked your opinions it makes a lot of sense um still rocking with the r301 still rocking with the r9 um There was a couple other things that we got in the comments from the last podcast that we wanted to address. Yeah, and the first is kind of like a myth buster. Um, A lot of people were talking about, you know, heavy versus light, and people were saying heavy rounds are so much better because they slow enemies. And this is actually something that is kind of pretty common in other, like, Battle Royale shooter games, that, like, the LMG weapons and the heavier, bigger bolts do slow people. This is not true, though, in Apex. There's a lot of guys, Seth Lee, uh, Iloot, they've all done some studies, and if you want to check it out on their YouTube channels, uh, where they kind of like measure the time traveled, one being shot, and the guns, bullets don't differentiate the speed at all between the two. Yeah, the projectile speed does change. Um, for so sure. Like, the distance traveled, the time it's going to take for your shots to hit the target um, is affected, but 
Is it going to slow your movement as a victim of being shot at? No. Um, and then that being said, overall in the game, bullets do slow you. Yeah. When you get hit, you do slow down. But every um, bullet's the same. Yes. Mm-hmm. Except for Gibraltar and Caustic, um, because that's one of the kind of less well-known abilities of Fortified. Yeah, which is really slept on for sure. It's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, it's hard to move as Gibraltar and Caustic, so that kind of just helps a, a tiny bit. For sure. And then the last thing that we wanted to mention that um, we didn't really address in the last podcast so much was the fact that light guns can take barrel stabilizers. Yeah. I mean, and heavy guns too, but we didn't address it at all for the light guns. And that's something that after we thought about it some more, it's a pretty big deal because it changes the recoil so much. And we talked a lot about recoil in general, but the ability to really reduce your recoil when you get that gold or purple barrel mod is huge yeah Yeah. so great thoughts guys thanks again for listening in that's the results the showdown is over Mm -hmm. um i think we can move it on yeah light pulled it out uh so the next thing we want to get into before we answer your guys' questions is a legend concept Uh, this was submitted on the instagram and it's just absolutely amazing and henry is going to give us a long spiel on the backstory the abilities and you know, all that good stuff about the legend. For sure. And then we're going to dive into it. So today we're talking about Ace, the gambling bandit. This is coming from AK, great listener. And her backstory is, Ace is a bandit and smuggler who has always loved to gamble, especially in a game of cards. Her frequent presence at casinos led to her working with many gambling operations. She eventually joined the house's deck, a mercenary organization paid by casinos. She excelled in the position of dispatching thieves, thugs, and unlucky cheaters with her gunslinging skills. In her appearance, which you can check out on our Instagram, you can see she has a robotic arm. The backstory of this is that she won a Titan arm from Titanfall 2 because she thought it looked really cool. After she quickly climbed the ranks of the house's deck, she was retired early due to fear of her highly effective skill set and her high-risk, high-reward mentality. However, Ace was a hot dime gambling for her life, so she joined the Apex Games. This is just absolutely awesome. I love it. I was When I read this, I was freaking blown away by the creativity behind it, and it's just so cool to see people thinking about the game this deeply. and. The connection to other Titanfall games, yeah. it's so good. It's such a good one. And I'm hyped for you guys to see the picture on the Instagram because it's so well done. Yeah, for all of you that hopefully have been thinking about cool creative new legends to put into this game, um, I think this is a great model. You know, it ties into the lore. Um, there's a reason why the legend is here at the games. Mm-hmm. Um, and the backstory is going to tie into some of her abilities. So super cool and amazing artwork. Um, Let's get into the passive ability. This one is called Lucky Touch, and it's the ability to close and reopen supply bins. The bins have to be untouched, and what it does when they reopen it is it increases the chances of purple or gold items by about two times. So say you have a 2% chance of getting a purple item, this reopening would pop it up to a 4% chance. Yeah, it just depends on the spawn and loot tables, which are different in every area of the map. For sure. And then it also is going to be limited to one re-roll per bin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a really cool passive. Um, yeah. 
It's kind of similar to the leaked perks we've been talking about with opening the extra supply bins if you're a support character, but definitely a little bit better being able to re-roll in all of its entirety. Do you think something like this would, you'd be able to take something out of the bin and then re-roll it? No. So it does have to be untouched. You can look at it, Mm -hmm. say, that's not good and re-roll it. Um, But I think this is a cool ability. And I think that the creativity behind this makes a lot of sense because we see uh, what's been leaked about Loba and kind of the a loot centric legend. And Apex is so focused on loot. It's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, In the next episode, we're kind of going to be talking about battle royales in general and the introduction of Warzone onto the scene. And that's a whole different game. You know, sure. loot is completely different. So I think having a legend that does help your team loot up besides Lifeline uh, could be really awesome. And it just connects this whole gambling thing, re-roll right back yep. into her lore. And yep. I love that so much. Great storytelling. Love it. Next up, the tactical. Backup. This is an arm shield, which has a limited duration, which has a cooldown, and it collects incoming bullets and throwables to be tucked right back into her backpack. This functions similar to Titanfall 2's Vortex Shield on the Titans, but instead of returning the incoming fire, it puts it back into her inventory to fire right back at the enemy through her own weapon. Yeah, I think it's really sweet. It's a little broken. I don't know if you could do it with throwables. I can see the ammo happening, uh, but being able to take in throwables would also really uh, decrease the value of Watson's ultimate, I think. And if you're giving that ability kind of to somebody else's tactical, uh, I don't think that would work very well. But being able to absorb bolts is awesome. And I love the fact that it's being taken from the Vortex Shield in Titanfall and seeing that connection because that was one of my favorite abilities in Titanfall 2. Yeah, for sure. I think this is a really awesome ability. Um, I do hear your concerns about it being a bit OP. Um, but this idea of taking bullets um, is really cool. I think with the the new balancing of how the backpack works and how inventory management yeah. is, uh, it could be a bit tricky. I just feel like my bag fills up so fast right well, now. I don't think the, I don't think that the like taking of the bullets, the main ability. I think that it's being able Protection. to protect yourself and yeah. kind of have a Gibraltar on steroids in mm-hmm. a way. So it's it's cool because. We don't have a lot of uh, legends that kind of like can pop up cover and create defense for themselves outside of Gibraltar's arm shield. And even that has its limits. Yeah, for sure. And so if you could have kind of like a, a run and gun gunslinger kind of legend that has a smaller hitbox yeah. that can temporarily absorb It'd be uh, awesome. shots. I could see this, you know, being effective in competitive play when you don't want to loot up that yeah. much. So you can go through a fight and pretty much retain your bullet uh, capacity without having to be a sitting duck and i imagine it being a high skill capability which is always fun to oh introduce. yeah for sure with a cooldown like that yeah and finally the ultimate ability this is called jackpot ace manipulates gravity to roll the odds in her team's favor by speeding up her teammates actions this means the reload speed the heal speed and the gun swapping this is a limited time but would affect all team members so cool just such a fun ability. Ability. Um, I'm a big fan of this. You know, I love any ultimate that affects the whole team. Yeah. Um, I really like things that, you know, bring the whole squad together and make everybody perform better. And we've been talking a lot on air and off air about reload speed. Yeah. And, you know, being able to 
increased reload speed is huge. A lot of people have been saying they want Octane to have kind of like a fast hands perk where he yeah. can reload faster if he's in his uh, stim. And so just kind of getting something like this into the game would be really, really cool to see from a legend. For sure. For sure. So that's Ace. Thanks again, AK. Um, awesome submission. You're going to be able to check that out on our Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and please submit any legend concepts you have with or without art. We can definitely connect you with an artist if you want to get a concept drawn up for your yeah. idea. Um, it'd be great. We'd love to have it on the podcast and start a dialogue about it's these new just legends. Talking about abilities and legends is what separates Apex from everything, and it's just really cool. Yeah. But yeah, with that, let's get into the mailbag. All right. So question number one is from Kaz. And they wanted to know our thoughts on both maps being combined. Yeah, so if you haven't seen this floating around on social media, it's this concept art, and the map is called King's Edge, and it's pretty much taken what a lot of people consider to be the best of both worlds from World's Edge and King's Canyon, keeping Skull Town, Slum Lakes, Air Base, Octane, Thunderdome, Water Treatment, you know, kind of like the left side of King's Canyon, and then keeping like the epicenter fragment harvester and that side of world's edge and kind of combining these two into one map and it's really really cool looking for sure it's super awesome we'll definitely pop up a picture of it on the instagram um, for you guys to check out i like the idea you know good question um really like the concept i you know i want to be optimistic this is a Something that could maybe happen. Yeah, in a limited time mode or something. Like, could maybe happen. It would be tough. You know, I don't think it's a high probability, but this could be really fun. Super cool. I'd be so interested in how the supply uh, ship would work, how the train would work, if there would be those things. I'd be interested to see how Skulltown stacked up in direct competition with uh, Fragment West and East. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, one of the funniest things on this uh, concept art is that Harvester gets to stay. I think that Harvester is just a ghost town most of the time. Um, It is, for sure. So, you know, maybe they could edit that pop market back in the middle. (laughs) Um, But yeah, great question. Thank thank you for the submission. Um, I think this is a good idea. Yeah, for sure. And the last thing I'll just say is it would be cool to see how the loot breakdown of the work because yeah. you got all these high tier loot areas and if you had Great the train point. and the supply ship would we just have like very little combat off the drop because everybody's going separate places and then everybody's got their gold armor would there be cargo bots and loot ticks would there be flyers like it'd be really cool to see it could be chaos it'd be an awesome limited time mode next question we got is coming from hey i'm lifeline and it's what are our thoughts on the new revenant heirloom concept And so this is something that's been floating around a little bit, and we'll post a picture of it up on the Instagram, maybe in the story or the feed. Um, But it's really, really cool looking. Do you want to explain it to them, Henry? Yeah, for sure. So pretty much the concept is this is not official. This was created by a fan, but it is an heirloom that is a sickle. Uh, Pretty neat. It looks sweet. Um, I think it's kind of interesting. Um, Good question. Thanks for submitting it. I never really thought that Revenant would use a sickle. You know, yeah, he kind of looks like a skeleton, kind of looks like the mm-hmm. Reaper, um, but he's more of an assassin yeah. from my perspective. So I think you would use uh, more of a smaller, cleaner weapon than, you know, this really 
cumbersome sickle. This definitely leans more into the like Halloween mode version of Revenant where like he was uh-huh. kind of just like this reaper, scary, dark character, which he still is to an extent. But yeah, with the backstory we've been given of the assassin, I'm with you and that I would be expecting something smaller, you know, more concealable and I mean, actually, does that make sense, though, considering Revenant's not very sneaky in of himself as a person? He isn't, but, like, in the trailer, his whole backstory is his body is the weapon. Yeah. You know, like, his hands are knives, and, you know, he's a real... He'd be a weird, like, uh, heirloom to make for sure. But So this is a really cool idea, and I'm sure the animations would be absolutely awesome for it. I also think, talking about heirlooms, talking about Revenant, he pretty much carries a skull with him. Yeah. For the summoning. So he kind of has an unofficial heirloom, even in-game. Yeah, kind of a little bit. Um, It's not the same, but kind of already a cool concept for that. Um, Kind of playing off this question, you have any thoughts about the Octane uh, heirloom? We didn't really talk about it after it released. Yeah, it's. I think it's pretty cool looking. The butterfly knife uh, looks a lot better than I thought it was going to. I wish the inspection ability was a little bit cooler. Um. There's just so much potential with a butterfly knife and a guy that's like on stem all the time to do some crazy stuff. Uh, And so they kind of limited that, but I definitely think it's a good one for sure. It's up there. Yeah, for sure. Do you have any idea of who you'd want to see have the next heirloom? Oh yeah, Mirage. Mirage's heirloom. I don't know what it would be. Oh, Oh, man, that'd be good. Maybe some tongs for the barbecue. That'd be awesome. I love Mirage. That'd be freaking great. Funny. Uh, that kind of leads into our next question a little bit, though. Perfect segue. What Third is your, party all day. <laughs> yep, for sure. And this is coming from Paolo. What is your favorite legend and why? So I'll swing that over to you to start. So this is not a hard question for me. So yeah. I'll give you some time to think while I uh, Thank you. do this. My favorite legend is Gibraltar. Big shocker. Yep. Big story behind this. Pretty much. Hop into Apex Legends, play Gibraltar for my first game, get my first win with Gibraltar. Then I feel that he's too slow, too Mm -hmm. cumbersome, which is not true. He moves the same as everybody else, (laughs) but I just felt that way. So I moved over to Lifeline, trying to play support. Last episode, I told you guys about how Lifeline is a pretty hard character to play just because of her combat ability. Mm -hmm. Um, I think she's a pretty high skill legend. Um, and then I switched over to Bangalore, having the ability to disengage with the smoke and double time, use that a lot. Really enjoy Bangalore to this day. Um, but in season two, when they had Armed and Dangerous, and I was using snipers a lot more and using the G7, my favorite weapon, um, <laughs> Gibraltar is the best just because of his gun shield. And so I think that right now his kit is extremely overpowered. I think that his dome shield being able to protect the whole team as a tactical is great. I love tacticals that support everyone on the team. You can res faster in it. You can heal yourself faster um, with healables. His arm shield is broke, like I'm saying. And the ultimate has been completely reworked in the last two seasons. Now it's, you know, shorter cooldowns, lower radius or a smaller radius, um, but still can really clutch up uh, the final circles and can really change the tide of a of a fight. Very, very good thoughts, Henry. Um, you know, what is your favorite legend is a tough question. Not what is the best legend, because that would be different for me. That's true. But my favorite legend in of itself when we're looking at backstory, lore, 
and everything all-encompassing, it has to be Mirage, which is kind of unfortunate because I can't play him a ton like when we're playing ranked because he's really hard to use. But like his voice lines, they always crack me up. His loading screen animations are sweet with the wingman. I love his banners and I love his poses. I just think he's probably one of my favorite characters all-encompassing. In the trailers and stuff, he cracks me up. So yeah, favorite legend, going to have to go with Mirage. Yeah, and I think that earlier on in maybe season three, we were talking about how Mirage needs a buff because he's so awesome. But since then, we've had a town takeover. We've had a, um, obviously, new skins roll out. Mm -hmm. Uh, He has some really cool finishers right now. Um, He has been getting some love, you know, and we had the whole event. We had the the train. Fully cosmetic. Which was, you know, fantastic. Yeah, but the, just buffed the character in of itself. Yeah, we'll be talking about that a little later. But oh. great question, Paolo. Next up, uh, this is a question from Kat. If you're working on progress, you're trying to rank up, you're trying to get more Apex packs, um, should you push or should you support and hold back? Yeah, this kind of comes down to how XP is broken down and given out in the game. Uh, completing the battle, the battle pass, if that's the goal, definitely do the challenges, play with all the legends. But for the most part, uh, this Battle Royale game, Apex in particular, very much rewards surviving. You get a lot more XP for surviving than any other stuff. And so I would have to say, you know, stay back, support, don't play over aggressive and gain the XP that way, and play with your friends, because you get a bonus for being partied up, and over time, that's huge. Yeah, for sure. And if you're partied up, you're going to have a higher chance of surviving longer. Um, You're going to have a higher chance of winning. Um, So really, this is a team-based game, and I think the best way to rank up as an individual is to probably not push for kills, Mm -hmm. um, but hold back. I mean, there's a time and a place for pushing and you'll, you know, learn that as you get better and recognizing different situations and learning the map. Um, But overall, survive. Try not to just die on the drop because that's not going to help you rank up very fast. Um, But yeah, I'd just say have fun, keep playing, and do your best to survive. Yeah, and improving, if you want to improve as a player, be aggressive but xp we're just talking about the statistics behind that play safer i think that's pretty simple yeah great question cap so the next question we got is coming from shank what is the best way to use revenant on king's canyon henry you've been experimenting with him a pretty good amount on king's canyon so let's throw this one to you to start yeah so great question um we were very curious and excited about this going into the limited time event and the ranked split on king's canyon um, you know, it's both of our opinion that Revenant is not quite there. Like his like kit is not quite a top tier legend. They introduced him. We really wanted an OP character. Um, and we felt a little disappointed that Revenant wasn't that. But it was our hope that on King's Canyon things would change and Revenant would be able to uh climb his way up to victory. So that being said. I think that playing with Revenant on King's Canyon is a bit easier. I think that Skulltown is a great location for Revenant. His ability to quickly climb buildings, get high mm. ground is awesome. And if I were to give any advice, um, A, I'd say use that quick and high climbing ability um, as much as possible. That has to be the bread and butter going into King's Canyon for sure. It, it has to be, you know, um, and 
try to find and take routes that are unexpected in order to get high ground. Mm -hmm. So if somebody is on a building facing you, as Revenant, you have a very unique ability to flank them and to pop up behind them or hit them on the side um, where they're not expecting it because you're silent too. To do it silently, that's key. And yeah, keep going. Yeah. And then finally, Revenant's ultimate is very tricky. Um, It's you have to use it a lot in order to really make it effective. We've gone back and forth on the podcast, off the podcast, talking to you guys in game on Instagram about, you know, does Revenant's Ultimate actually give you an advantage in a fight? But the best way that we feel to use Revenant's ability is in vertical fights. So if you have the high ground in a multi-story building, you can pop down that totem and then drop down on the floors in order to poke them, wipe the whole team, whatever you got to do. And then you're relatively safe because you're not leaving the radius because mm-hmm. it's a horizontal radius of the totem and you still have the high ground. You can also do it low ground, a little bit more ambitious just because it's easier for them to pop down and finish you off when all you have is your shields. But that's the advice that I'd give. Yeah, and I, I'm in agreement for the most part. And the only thing I would say is the reason that he is better on King's Canyon is because there are so many more unique places to attack from above compared to World's Edge. Skull Town is just one great example. You can attack from the buildings up top, the skull in of itself, the skeleton. Airbase has some great spots for Revenant. I've seen some awesome plays with him, and it's just really cool to see that on King's Canyon, which is kind of weird considering he got introduced on World's Edge. Yeah. But our first sighting of Revenant was on King's Canyon in the Halloween mode. So there is something to say on that. Yeah, and then finally, just to talk about his tactical, the the tactical grenade. Very hard ability to use. The blast radius is super tight, um, so you have to be very precise with it, but not a bad tactical. Um, no. Has yeah. a great cooldown, um, and it can really mess people up. It's awesome to tag jibbies so they can't pop down their dome. It's great to tag uh, pathfinders or wraiths so they can't dash away, um, but definitely tricky to use. It's got a great effect, but something I've noticed a lot more using him recently and playing against him a lot more in King's Canyon is the best people are using it almost like a wall or like a flash grenade. Yeah. Because it is very hard to see through. It obscures your screen. And so you don't even have to hit people directly for it to be effective. Like if you're running away in one of these buildings and you go through a doorway and you pop it straight down, they can't follow you right through that. So it's... That is true. It's definitely like you need to be able to really think about it when you use it. It's a fun ability though. That's a really great piece of advice. I'd also say that in my experience using Revenant, you can also use it as cover if you need to heal. So if you pop around a corner, pop it right in front of you, they can't really see you. Mm -hmm. You can pop on a quick battery and then climb up and, you know, continue fighting. If you got your gold armor. As always, which you should always have. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Next up, we have a question from Mago. Do you guys think that crossplay will be available at some point on Apex Legends? Um, simple. I think that it's overdue, but I think it's coming eventually. I know that the developer, uh, McCoy, he talked about it a lot, but he left Respawn recently, and so I wonder if that's part of the setback. We have our opinions on cross-platform. I will say that Apex is more prepared for it because Field of View is adjustable for console, but you're always still 
there's a very big gap between console and PC when it comes to the way to play. Movement is very different. And so I think there are some holes. I would love to see Xbox and PlayStation be able to play together, though, especially if we're, I felt like we've been experiencing in the rank split where our lobbies aren't big enough. And so to combine the platforms would be really nice to maybe get better skill-based matchmaking in ranked. I definitely agree with that. I think that from a matchmaking perspective, using crossplay would be a great way to just increase the player base and make it easier to hop into a match. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely do have a lot of reservations about playing against Shroud and playing against the PC <laughs> players. Um, it's going to be tough, you know, and it's my perspective that, you know, we play with a lot of different people mm-hmm. and we have both consoles. And so we never feel limited by not being able to play with our friends. Yeah. Um, and that is a valid concern that you want to have cross-platform. You want to be able to play with your friend on Xbox. We mm-hmm. only have a PlayStation. But I still have that reservation that I don't think that it's really... It's not the same game on PC. It's very different. Movement is just so different. I think the best way to do it is... I can't remember which COD it was, but you could... Cross-platform was available, but I think you could limit to only play with other consoles rather than PC also. Yeah, And I think that's maybe the best way to go because PC has a great player base in of itself and it's just really different. A lot of people will argue otherwise. We got into a very big heated <laughs> argument on Twitter over this when I was uh, talking about that. And so it, it's interesting to hear other people's opinions. The fact that there are so many different opinions, I think, shows how controversial the idea is. And Apex gets a lot of hate for not having cross-platform. While I think that there's great reasons for it to not have cross-platform. Yeah. Great question. A bit controversial, mm-hmm. uh, but glad we were able to share our perspective on that. And hopefully we'll see something official come down the pipeline yeah. soon. Overall answer, I would just say I think it is going to be coming eventually. The next question we got is from Snoop Jazz. And they're kind of looking to upgrade their equipment and want to know what she should invest in, headset, controller, monitor, etc. And then the second part of that is what settings should we play on? Uh, So let's start with equipment for the most part. Do you play on anything special at all? So in terms of like, if you're trying to have a pro setup, I think the most important part is your monitor. And I think that that's true, 100%. One caveat I'm going to give is we are console players. I'm not going to go out giving keyboard and mouse advice Yeah, just because I have no experience in that. And so I apologize to our PC players. That's not something I can educated. speak to. So if anybody wants to help us out with a, with a PC gaming rig. That would be great. We need it. Yeah, yeah. But um, I'm with you. I'm with you for sure. Monitor is the big one. Um, getting that higher refresh rate is huge. I know that I've literally just upgraded my monitor a couple months ago and I felt like it changed the way I was able to play from a movement aspect and being able to upgrade my field of view because i have a better monitor is pretty huge yeah um and then in terms of other different equipment i would say for a headset this is a huge team-based game so having a headset where you can hear footsteps around you Mm -hmm. as well as being able to communicate back to your team um, i would recommend you can do really well with headsets Um, my recommendations would be Get something that has 50 millimeter drums. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's a pretty good metric um, that kind of separates the 
the the crummy headsets from some of the professional ones. And then I would try your best to get a external mic on the headset. So yeah. something that wraps around that can really capture a voice. Um, and that isn't just embedded into the into the wire. That's definitely something I have a problem with right now with my headset is I'm on a I have an ex- internal mic, no wire, and I've felt I've had some issues with my audio cutting out. But yeah, for the most part, headset's important. The last thing we'll talk about is controller. Right now, I'm playing with just a regular controller, but upgrading to an Elite controller with paddles is something I'd love to try and do in the future. There's a lot of things you can do to upgrade your game with it. You can B-hop uh, on console, which is kind of huge, and something that is a reason why cross-plat would be a little bit more difficult. There's a lot more freedom of movement with that PC. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, being able to do that on console is huge. and so. I would definitely say that's something you could look into, but probably the last priority and not a huge, huge game breaker. Yeah, if you're trying to invest in your game, I think that the priority that we set is uh, what I would stick to. Uh, monitor, headset, and then you know an Elite controller or a Scuff controller is pretty expensive. So yeah. you have to really be feeling yourself. Um, but something that we both can maybe vouch for is Control Freaks. Um, love control freaks you know i used to think it was a gimmick going into it i thought it was just not sponsored a useless gadget yeah not sponsored on control freaks yet um but i really think that it helps with your aim um i would definitely have uh, a high control freak on the right aim stick um and that's kind of a a less expensive investment that you can do and i think you will see some improvement and i'm a weirdo i play with a high uh move a high control freak on my movement stick we gotta talk to this guy yeah so i don't know uh that's just it's how i feel comfortable and so everybody's a little different but control freaks in general help out a lot and the next part of that question is what settings do you like what do you play on yeah so you know back in the day when i you know first started gaming i definitely felt a lot of social pressure uh from the shooter uh, environment and community that you got to crank the settings all the way up. You crank have to the be, sensitivity up. You have to be on 10, 10 sensitivity for everything. That's mm-hmm. what the pros do. Um, and so I've always kind of had a bit higher settings, even mm-hmm. if it was a bit outside my comfort range. And I would not recommend that. Um, I do not think that if you are trying to get better, you should just increase your sensitivity and you know force yourself into the fire. I think you should incrementally increase your sensitivity if you're playing on console to a certain point the goal is not to get to 10 the goal is maybe to get to five or six wherever you feel comfortable you feel that your movement is reacting with you with your sticks in a fight and so you know right now i'm playing on five or six sensitivity Mm -hmm. um, but i have no want to increase past that sometimes even pop it down if i need to slow down sometimes um, and the control freaks also help a lot with kind of that precision aiming on higher sensitivities. Yeah. So that's what I'll say about sensitivity. Do you have any thoughts about that? I play on five sensitivity. Um, something that's interesting though is, so I actually very recently learned about being able to change field of view. Yeah, I don't know how it went by me uh, somehow. And so I've been adjusting my field of view a lot over the last couple of weeks and I've been feeling pretty comfortable at the 100 marker, but I was... Default is 70. Default is 70, and it's a game changer. For people that don't know what field of view is, pretty much the higher you increase it, the more you can see on your peripherals in-game. We could post a cool picture of that maybe on the story so you guys could check out the difference. Yeah, and so playing on 100, 
is really awesome. I mean, I just feel like I've been able to see so much more. The difference is, is I was playing on six sensitivity before that, I believe. And so I had to decrease it down to five because having the larger field of view with the high sensitivity was incredibly overwhelming. And so finding that balance, but I would say like 90 is a pretty good like baseline for field of view that'll really increase your game and not overwhelm you a lot. And did you touch on a bit of a downside for when you increase the peripherals? Yeah, when you increase the peripherals, your target is going to be a little bit smaller, which is why the sensitivity can be a little bit more of a difference. Yeah. And I know, Snoop Jazz, that you said that you had had some success with increasing that FOV. Um, I think that everybody should experiment with it a bit. Um, I think that it's pretty neat. Um, My initial reaction was, that's cheating. I'm going to keep it on default. (laughs) Um, But I definitely think it's a cool thing that Apex has allowed you to do. And so I think you should check it out. And that does, field of view goes hand in hand with the monitor. If you have a lower quality monitor, you're going to experience a lot of lag when you increase your field of view. And it comes down to your Xbox as well if you have the original one versus like maybe having an Elite one. Same thing with PS4. And so really it's unique to every player. Find what's best for you. Mess around with it. Experiment with it in the firing range. That's all I can say for sure. Great. Next question is from Jeremy. Um, Nerf on the Peacekeeper seems to have a benefit of hitting more consistently than before. Interesting question. Peacekeeper we're all about it here. Um, I'm all about it here. You're not all about it. You've never picked we up go that back weapon. And forth. I'm telling you, the inconsistency of the Peacekeeper is its downfall. I talk to a lot of pro players. I talk to a lot of you guys that you say the risk is worth it. I say G7 does 30 damage no matter what. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I think the Peacekeeper is great, but let's go into this. Let's talk a little bit about the history of kind of the the recent buffs and kind of how the nerf has affected that. Yeah, so the 3.1 balance patch, which happened in, I believe, season three, uh, increased the width of the individual pellets on the Peacekeeper. So that was a kind of a big buff at that point, out of a lot of consistency. I thought I would like it more. Yeah, because before at that point, I felt like you were hitting for 7 to 12 damage far too often, and it made it a lot easier for you to hit shots. The recent, I guess it's a nerf, um, pretty much happened in the override collection event patch. I guess it's a nerf. It's it's not a it's big a deal. It's not a big deal. The mag size is big. Mag size was reduced from six to five. Very big deal. Increased the re- reload time from two point five seconds to two point six five seconds, and increased the reload time with an empty mag from three point five seconds to three point six seconds. And lastly, slightly increased the scale of the blast pattern from one point six to one point seven. Very small nerf. Very small nerf there. I think the blast pattern is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, but overall, it's still a very similar weapon to me. It's a great weapon if you're very close to the guy, and I like it. I play with it a lot. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I'd say, you know, talking about that that point one increase on the blast pattern, that's your spread. So pretty mm-hmm. much what this, you know, quote-unquote nerf is doing is it's bringing in that range of effectiveness of the Peacekeeper. So it's, you know, a little less effective as a sniper with the choke. Um, Definitely they want you to use it close range as a shotgun. Um, But kind of addressing your question, do we think that it's increased the consistency of the shots? Not hugely. I think that's your skill, bro. You know, I think you're tightening in on those shots. Mm -hmm. You aiming down. 
with the Peacekeeper is also going to tighten up that spread. Um, but if you are an Apex Legends player and you use the Peacekeeper and you can get consistent shots, you will dominate competitive play. For sure. In those final rounds, it's just, it is a go-to weapon. For sure. The next question we have is coming from Kobe Simons. Are there any specific buffs or nerfs on any legends or weapons that you would like to see in the game? Start with you. You know, we really talk a lot about balancing and different changes to legends and weapons and new weapons all throughout the podcast. So if you want our entire library of thoughts, um, you know, listen to all of our last episodes and all of our future episodes. This could be a big episode in of itself. Um, We could talk a long time about, you know, all the things that we want to see out of this great game and all the things we think they've done right. Um, But I think if today we focus on a couple specific buffs and changes, um, that could be kind of helpful. Yeah, I would say the first legend I would think of that to be buffed is Mirage. He's one of the weakest legends out there right now. I love him to death. Favorite character. Um, There's kind of been this idea going around on Reddit and it's kind of just a very big rework of him. I will redo it real quickly. It's coming from underscore Decipholon on Reddit. Great name. Great name. So his passive increases invisibility duration from five seconds to seven to eight seconds when knocked. And then rather than given two sets of individual clones while skydiving, gives one set of three clones to give off the illusion of a full squad. Very big deal. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Tactical. Given two clones rather than one, so like Bangalore Smoke having mm-hmm. two, and then more realistic movement, kind of like an AI climbing walls, sliding down hills, looking more realistic, looking like a decoy for sure. More dynamic with the environment. And then last but not least, given the emergency dance party uh, from Dummy's Big Day, that mode, instead of his current ultimate. I think it'd be a great rework. I think it would... I still don't think it would make him broken or make him a top tier legend, but I think it would make him playable in competitive play, possibly. I definitely think that this is a very realistic buff that we could see. Um, yeah. Whenever I play Mirage, I definitely feel that when I do get knocked, that I stay invisible for not long at all. There's so, nothing you can do. Like yeah, this, this buff kind of aims to increase that by about 50%, which I think is fair. Mm-hmm. I really like the idea of being able to deploy a whole decoy squad. Um, yeah. I think that would kind of achieve the goal of what that was intended to it's do. It's very hard right now. Right it now. It doesn't change it, much. You know, I think it has gotten better with changing the color of the dive trail. Yeah. Um, which is nice, but, you know, I think this is a lot better. And then to kind of just balance it up with Bangalore, um, I think makes a lot of sense for the tactical. And then they've already started testing this new ultimate, mm-hmm. you know, in the full game. So, or in the limited time mode uh, in public lobbies. So, I like this idea. I support this idea. Um, we want to see it. It's a buff I would love to see. Do you have another yeah. legend you want to see get buffed or nerfed? I have a couple that I'd like to see buffed. Uh, one that I would say is I think Lifeline um, could get a bit of a restructure. On the ultimate? On the ultimate. Yeah. And honestly, it's not going to happen. You know, they're not going to do something that drastic. Um, but it would decrease the value of ultimate accelerants yeah, a lot, I think. For Lifeline yeah. specifically, for sure. Um, but if her ultimate was a, you know, a combat heal, instant heal to everybody on her team, um, that'd be really strong. It'd and be awesome. They were also messing around with that on Dummy's Big Day. Um, so it's a possibility, but 
If it would change her tactical instead, is maybe more likely. So yeah. she would lose the combat drone. I don't, I don't know. Really know. The combat drone is going to be around. Maybe its ability would change, though. Yeah. I think the simpler buffs and nerfs that'll happen that are more realistic are the removal of ro- low profile on Revenant and Lifeline. I think that's something that... Revenant doesn't have it. Uh, are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Um, And I think Fortified is good as it is. I really do. But I think yeah. the removal of low profile on Lifeline would be kind of nice. Maybe Pathfinder, but probably not. I yeah. don't think Lifeline is being overplayed. No, definitely you know, not. I think having low profile on Wraith and Pathfinder makes a bit of sense. It's sad. I know it's still you know heavy on your heart, but I definitely think that Lifeline is tough to play and you know taking out a support character like that um, is kind of disappointing. Uh, the final buff that I would say just for today, so we don't drone on and on and on, is a little bit of a buff to the Prowler. Just enough to get a little bit of the spotlight on it, so the more people pick it up. <laughs> I really believe in this weapon. I think You're that a big fan. The You're Select a big Fire fan. is not a huge obstacle. I think it's great without the Select Fire, um, but maybe if there was a bit of a change to the rate of fire or the reload speed, it could uh, happen. Okay, I looked it up. Revenant does have low profile. That's incredible. He also has a broken hitbox right now. So this is something we're actually going to talk that about in the next me. episode. We're going to go over hitboxes and stuff. So we'll go really in depth on that. But yeah, he's a very big legend and has low profile. I think that low is profile is not accomplishing. Yeah, it's supposed to be the hitbox, but it's the combination yeah. of both that's being an issue. How about weapons, real quick? Yeah. I talked a little bit about the Prowler. Yeah. Um, you know, I, right now, I've never really been a sniper fan mm-hmm. um, in any shooter game before. Right now, I'm really liking how uh, snipers are in this game. Triple take, longbow. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's sad that the charge rifle really got stuffed as bad as it did. The fact that you can't even have an extended sniper mag on a charge rifle, I think, is a bit unfair. Um, I know that it was overpowered. It was so broken, I know that it though. was just like a clown and weapon that got people 4K badges. Like it was easy just because you can pepper people for 80, 90 damage a shot. across the map. And it has like an aim assist on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying. <laughs> but the fact that like why limit a sniper to only four shots when everybody else is now getting this new sniper extended mag, I just think that that's a bit weird. So I would like to see that, um, you know, changed up a little bit. but. Other than that, I think we might have to cut it because we could just go on and on and on. Yeah, yeah, all yeah, the guns. Sure. Let's get to the next question. We want to make sure we answer everybody's in this episode. Uh, this is from Sound Panda. What is your opinion on ranked being split and reset? We're excited to be on the new map. You know, um, it's tough. The new you know? old map. Yeah, yeah. The new new old map for ranked. It's hard. I mean, the seasons are really long. Um, in Apex and kind of getting bored, grinding through ranked because it is that it's a grind, you know, winning ranked points, losing ranked points. Uh, it can be tough. So kind of having a fresh environment to play on is really great. And I think we like that. I think this kind of uh, loops in with our next question as well from Watch DC. And that's how do you feel about being ranked down? And does it make sense to be ranked down twice in one season? I think those kind of go hand in hand because for me, I really do like the reset. I like that uh, we're not gonna just play the same map the entire time and get burnt out on World's Edge, but there's been a lot of people negatively talking about Kings Canyon, 
and the rank split in general. And I'm a fan. I like that we have to, yes, it's tough to, you know, lose so many ranked points and restart. I wish there were rewards given at the rank split rather than only at the end uh, and given towards the highest one. I think if we had got rewards halfway through and maybe some updates as well, that would make the split a little bit easier on everybody. But I just like that there's incentive to keep grinding. And for the players that do reach those high tiers, it gets really hard to find matchmaking and just splitting up the map, making it new again. That's where I like it. Yeah, I think that's a great take. Um, you know, is it fair that they're, you know, doing a soft reset and ranking everybody down on this split when they've never done that before? No, it's not fair. But it's the norm have, now. It's the Yeah, norm it's now. the new norm. We have no control over it. Everybody's affected the same. So in that sense, it is fair and we're just gonna we're gonna go forward with it. Um but I think that's a really good perspective on why why do they do it? And why have they changed the reward patterns as mm-hmm. well? You know, it's it's kind of tough that they took away the the diamond uh, rewards because there there was platinum rewards as well. Right? Yeah, and you know, dive we'll trails and diamond. badges and things like that. It's still badges, just not dive trail. Yeah, and I I like the dive trails. The dive trails cool. The dive trails is the flex. Yeah, and the fact that we lost those entirely, except for preds. No, um, and master. And master. Master does get a dive um, trail. That's really great. Um, but having the split not cash out the reward is a bit weird, and I'm disappointed that they I didn't do that. I think that ever, so many people had the Predator Diamond trail, and so to increase the ability to actually get the dive trail, I think it will mean a lot more in-game when you see it and actually serve a purpose. But yeah, I think in general, game customization is cool, and so... Limiting the dive trails, hit or miss, definitely on that. Yeah, shrinking the supply, increase yeah. the demand right there. Last question of the day. Is it possible that Loba might be the new legend? This is coming from Jacob. Great question, Jacob. We uh, did a deep dive on Loba in one of our recent episodes. Definitely encourage you to check that out if you haven't. Um, I think that Loba's definitely the next on the lineup. I will say, though, I think that she might be Rosie. I think that they might call her Rosie instead. Yeah, it would be um, interesting to see for sure. Um, you know, that's not sure. Nothing's confirmed, uh, but I'm excited. And we've gone into her kit. I think that it's a very interesting concept. Every day I've been thinking about what it would be like to have a Lobo on the team, somebody that is a loot-centric legend that can attract loot. I think mm-hmm. it's a very interesting concept. I'm excited to see it in game. And I don't think it's going to happen this season. Uh, but season five for sure. I think that we're gonna have Loba or Rosie, yeah, up here, and it just makes a lot of sense coming from her connection to Revenant, and so then having those two legends connected and go into the game at the similar time point makes a lot of sense to me. And that'll wrap up our mailbag, though, for the most part. And so with that, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple Pods. Give us a follow on Spotify. Leave a five star review. If you leave a five star review with your question, we guarantee you it'll be answered on the next podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. We try to interact with all you guys on there. It's been awesome. We finally dropped in with a listener for the first time, and that was a absolute blast. And we're really excited to keep doing that in the future. If you got any other questions, if you want to submit a legend concept, do it on the social media or email us, thirdpartypod at gmail.com. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Peace.
Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow.